The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I'm Dr. Stephen Farmer, psychotherapist, shamanic practitioner, author, and teacher, and I'll be exploring with you ways to connect with spirit animals, ancestors, spirits of nature, how to heal from trauma, and many other topics. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to another Dr. Stephen Farmer podcast on healing your soul. And I am uh, very privileged today to have a guest, a dear friend of mine, brother Jacob Norby, who uh, we've known each other for several years. And he has recently opened something called the Institute for Creative Living, which we're going to learn about. He's also a very successful author. Uh, One of my favorites is uh, an earlier book called Blessed Are the Weird. I quote him all the time. Uh, There's uh, a saying that went around the internet for a while, and it started with that, blessed are the weird, the misfits, etc. And it was just so beautiful, and it it just spread far and wide. Uh, So he's obviously very much in support of uh, uh, the artistic and creative endeavors. So we're going to learn a little bit more about him and about the Institute. Uh, The other book that he just put out recently that I highly recommend, I read it uh, not too long ago, called The Creative Cure. So um, we'll both have some things to say, but I'm going to defer to Jacob about that because it is my firm belief that that's an important, a critical, not just important, but a critical aspect of um, life is to really have a creative outlet or creative outlets, you know, and helps keep you, helps keep you weird. <laughs> I guess one way it's it. Anyway, welcome, Jacob. Thanks for being on the program. Oh, wow. I'm so happy to be here. I I just am glad I get to hang out with you because our conversations that we've had around campfires and out in the desert in Sedona have always just been a source of joy to me. So um, if we get to do more of that, then I'm in. Uh, I think we're going to in a couple of months, it sounds like, you know, <laughs> uh, this time in the mountains, you know, rather than the desert. Yeah. Anyway, um, a little bit about your background, just anything. What led you to uh, writing the books that you wrote? Uh, Blessed are the weird, the creative cure, and then certainly opening an institute for creative <laughs> living. I think that's a, a just a splendid idea. And yes, uh, love hanging out with you too. You know, we've enjoyed walks in the desert on a few occasions and uh, great conversations as always. Yeah. So yeah, what uh, what got you here? Well, Stephen, I. I love that your background and work, um, we didn't know each other at the time, but had I been able to meet you when I was 34 years old, I would have definitely um, 
asked you to be a mentor of mine. Um, I woke up in the middle of what appeared to be a very successful life. I had several enterprises um, going and I had just built a gorgeous new office and, uh, and moved into a big house. And every morning I was 70 pounds overweight. I was stressed out. I'd wake up at 3 a.m. Um, and here's this list of accomplishments and dreams that had come true. And I would wake up in, in a panic every morning and I would drive into the office. And when I say a panic, I mean, I just, I didn't know that's what it was consciously. I, I was just, I knew something wasn't right. I would drive into the office and, um, I could just feel this heavy cloud come down over my spirit, um, as I would pull into the driveway of, of, of this beautiful new office, you know, and hmm. I did not know what was wrong. Um, I just knew something wasn't lined up and, um, a young guy came to work for me that summer. That was 2007. And, and he said, uh, I'd like to invite you to, um, come to this meditation retreat up in the mountains. And I, I agreed, you know, I, I had grew up in a very fundamentalist Christian environment and had gotten away from that for about a decade by then. And, um, but I, I didn't really have a connection to spirituality in a new way, you know, without the religious stuff. And, but I'd been reading Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra and everyone said to meditate. So I thought, well, that sounds like a great idea. Uh, I should probably learn how to do that. I also felt very nervous about it for some reason. Well, it turned out to be a shamanic initiation, Stephen. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where you and your work would, would have been so helpful at the time. And it was using DMT. It was, uh, you know, of course that's very talked about now, but um, back then it was very hush hush, um, very under the covers, but it was, it was a life changing experience to, for me to have this sort of radical clarity, you know, alcoholics and various ones talk about that moment of clarity. For me, it was probably like that only, <laughs> only very dramatic. Um, cause I had never been high in my life. I hadn't been drunk. You know, this was a completely out of character experience. Um, and that was the moment, though, that I got this. There is an aliveness that I'm losing. There's a freedom that I haven't had since I could remember. You know, this was my 34-year-old self. Yeah. And I need to find a way back. And that was, that was where, that was the watershed moment that said I need to find my way back somehow to the experience of being deeply connected to the universe, being having that flow of life coming through. And, and of course you, you and I know are on the same page with this. So many people see creativity as a product or an activity. I see it as the energy of life itself that yeah. beats our hearts. Yeah. Uh, it obviously is a, the decision you made, the choice you made was guided, you know, by the, mm -hmm. I, I hesitate to say plant medicine, but by the DMT, which uh, sure. I've never experienced myself, but other plant medicines. But mm -hmm. um, DMT, as I understand, it, just kind of shoots you like a rocket ship or something like that. <laughs> Somebody told me that. Yeah. Um, I'm not inclined to want to get on a rocket ship, uh, being a <laughs> you know triple Earth sign <laughs> named Farmer. <laughs> I like to stay on the ground, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> in other ways but you know i think that's what's um who is it michael pollan just wrote a uh, released a book about a year ago called how to change your mind and, and mm. what he, it really comes off as an advocacy for yeah you know when you're called to do it you know there's mm -hmm. certain substances mm -hmm. uh 
like uh, ayahuasca, which has become somewhat of a household word, mm-hmm. and uh, of course the shrooms, yep. you know, that that really puts put um, open you up to a different reality, you know, and yeah. insights and revelations like what you just shared. Mm-hmm. I think are are frequently what emerge from that. Um, the difference I think with you is you take it and ran with it. Mm-hmm. You know, you made a very significant life change mm-hmm. as a result of that experience. Mm-hmm. And then it led to you, I assume, I mean, tell us about that. It led to you writing a book, uh, Blessed Are the Weird, I think is your first book. No, the first book was actually The, the Divine Arsonist. Um, oh, yeah. That's yeah, right. and that's, that, no, not at all. That that That's one, I feel like each of these books... Uh, <laughs> Somebody asked me why I don't ever talk about divine arsonist anymore, and I said, "Well, it's I love it, but it's um, I feel like that was four lifetimes ago. Um, I don't really recognize the guy who wrote that book. You know, um, I would love to say that it was a smooth transition, Stephen, from this weighed down, apparently successful, but but very um, out of line life. And by the way, I want to be clear too that." I was using creative energy and in, in everything we all do. We're all creating in every moment. You know, every single choice is a creative action. Um, so I had been creating the, what I didn't know then was that I had simply been creating a lot of the things in my life, a lot of the goals, uh, my pursuit of, of the types of success. Um, I didn't know how to tune into the inner voice and go, is this, is this my success? Is this the thing that would make me feel alive and fulfilled? And so I was creating a lot of those from fear um, and, and reaction to trying to get away from anxiety and scarcity as a child. And so I'm grateful. um, I'm grateful for having that really sort of wrenched out of my hands. And I wish for most people, (laughs) for everyone that it can be more graceful because the next, the next 13 years, the next, not the next 13, but the next five or six years were, I had to go deeply into the shadow, uh, yeah. Steve, and I had to go in and experience depression for the first time in my life. I at least know what it was called. Yeah. A lot of deep inner work and a lot of confusion if I would ever find my way to anything that made sense. And I like to put that in there because sometimes people hear the first thing and then, oh, now you're this author and you do these things and there, p- people can feel afraid or ashamed like I'm in the middle of confusion and have no idea what's next. You might be in the middle of some deep transformation. And I want you to know there's nothing wrong with that. I just had a conversation earlier with a friend, um, man friend, and we, we were talking about men and, you know, typically in like workshops and such like that, you know, it's 80, 20, 80% women, <laughs> you know, 20% men, if that, even. Yeah. and I, I find that over the years, it's really been true. And is it, uh, he asked me a very provocative question is, well, what, what is it that gets a man involved in uh, what we could call the awakening process or uh, personal growth or spirit, finding a spiritual path, etc.? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a simple explanation, suffering. Mm. We get our butts kicked, mm. <laughs> you know, in some way, some fashion, something like that, that really kicks us. And then, of course, the next step is, what are you going to do with it? You know, when you go through this period of suffering, mine was a huh, devastating divorce, hmm. you know, with two young kids. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to be a father, you know, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really did kick kick my rear end, like I said. Hmm. And now I look back on it and go, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can look back and I think that's often true is later we can look back on these experiences and go, okay, I get it. Yeah. 
you know, thank you, God, thank you, spirit, you know, whatever word you use for that force. Yeah. So then um, the other thing is this institute that is uh, fairly new, the Institute for Creative Living, in which I'm involved, I'm on uh, the board. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's fresh, it's brand new to me. So I'm eager to (laughs) continue to you know, oh, contribute you, and I should I should probably give you your job description right now, shouldn't I? <laughs> oh, I'm in trouble. It's no. going to be on record, Jacob. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, kid, I'm kidding. Should no, I be scared? I, I want to I want to take a minute though before we jump in there. I, I'm I'm following your lead, but I, I want to take a moment and just say, Stephen, that that was a time when that all was all happening for me when the world was going through a lot of um, a lot of turmoil with the financial crisis. Um, and that was part of what, you know, what kind of stripped, stripped me bare for some years, but we're also going through a time now that looks a little bit different overall economically and things, but there is so much destabilization. So I see what we're going through now is a time when so many people are seeking for and willing to even listen to like the great resignation, people quitting their jobs, um, all the turmoil around the world. There is a sense of. I need to get realigned. I need to get aligned for the first time, maybe with what is true for me. What so that when I when I end up at whatever age that I leave this place, I can look back and say I didn't waste my time here. I didn't just go through the motions, you know. And so I just want to say, uh, and that probably leads to talking about the institute as well. But I just want to really say I feel like we're in such a powerful scary, beautiful moment in human history right now that allows us to go, what's true for me? What do I really desire? Um, and for those who are feeling so confused about, is there is there a way out of the debts and the identity, all the things that I have, is there a way to find something that is true? Um, I think it's a very, it's a deep question and it's a really a worthwhile conversation to have, you know? Uh, thank you. I think that's well stated. Yes, uh, destabilization. I like that word you used. You know, there or deconstruction, as uh, someone else that I read about. You know, calling it a period of deconstruction. There, metaphorically, a, a death of sorts that's yeah. occurring. You yeah. know, the old ways that we're so comfortable and familiar with, or at least familiar with, if not comfortable with. That I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, it's time to go. Okay, wait a minute. Like what uh, the I would say, you know, the game that you were playing mm-hmm. you know, at one time, mm-hmm. you know, how you were involved in the world, what you brought with you, the purpose in doing so, et cetera. And then you had a life-changing moment <laughs> and those life-changing moments, you know, however yeah. they come again, I think a lot, often it's a period of suffering of some mm-hmm. sort. Mm-hmm. And again, speaking of death and resurrection on a personal level, it's like there's yeah. a death of the old egoic ways of handling your life. Yeah. And then something begins to emerge something yes. else, something fresh and new, like your comment about life itself is creative. Mm-hmm. You know, don't look at it as, okay, I'm going to go and uh, take up a sculpting class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Mm-hmm. However, what about in your daily life? Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I, I think I mentioned to you when we had a conversation recently uh, is over the years, the last several years, I'd say about the last six or seven years, I've taken various improv classes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just for fun. You know, that's mainly why I'm doing it. But within that just for fun piece, wow, talk about creativity. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. You have to have to think of things on the spot. You have to respond to your partner. You have to go into, you have to deal with the relationships with Mm. your, with your 
uh, fellow participants, etc. So I find that as an extremely useful creative outlet. And how again, does, re- how does it feel? No, how does it feel when you first get that started? Before you became a little bit more um, comfortable with just just you know what's going on in improv. Like when you first started, how did you feel about it? About the activity? Terrified, ha, right? <laughs> You know, and I think uh, less so these days, you know, but there's still this nervousness, Mm -hmm. anticipation. And if I can just quiet the voices in my head, you know, stop, you know, don't, we're going to do okay, you know, and that's one of the teachings out of improv Mm. is fall in love with failing. Yeah. Fall in love with it. Let it go. You know, don't make it like a, uh, where the critical, uh, critical part comes in and, uh, you just go for it, you know, and get over it, get over it quick and keep moving forward. I think especially when you find your direction. Ah, uh, okay. So <laughs> you're a psychologist and I'm, I'm an amateur, uh, but I, but I'm definitely a, a, a geek when it comes to this stuff. Um, so Stephen, one thing I love, I love this part. And actually I think it's an important part of what we're talking about today. What I've come to find in my research about our minds and also about creativity is, um, couple things. Uncertainty, not knowing for sure what's next, is a critical component of creating something, anything that's actually original, right? Yep. Um, The trouble with uncertainty or the unknown is we, I was getting ready to use language you probably wouldn't want on your show. We hate that so much. Uh, human, the human brain, and you, and you're so well educated in this area. The human brain hates uncertainty so much. So when people say, "I don't see myself as very creative," I feel like I'm going through the motions in life. I want to, I want to get back in touch. Um, you were saying suffering earlier, and one, one, you know, anytime we experience uncertainty, whether it's about, can we pay the bills? Um, you know, what's happening in my relationships? Whatever it might be, uh, my health. Anytime we experience uncertainty, even if it's something positive, like moving to a new job or a new home that we really want to do, it uncertainty um, generates anxiety and our brains. So we start to rise the polyvagal curve there. We start to feel really uncomfortable, which is so it's very natural why people would seek the known because uncertainty equals anxiety equals discomfort. So we, we're, we're comfort seeking creatures. There's a reason why most more people aren't what they would call visibly creative is because it gets uncomfortable, right? Yeah, I totally, again, agree with you. Uh, unpredictability and uncertainty. You mm-hmm. know, that That's a uh, sign of the new norm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, you know? Yeah. And so learning to ways to operate with that. And I, my pitch is to everybody I talk to is, you know, have a spiritual discipline daily, something that touches into or aligns you with or brings in that reminder and awareness of the higher self, whatever you call that could be right. through spirit guides, God, Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, other religions as long, the only objection I would have about that is not to the religion itself, but mm-hmm. what I believe strongly is the most dangerous thing about these institutions is fundamentalism. Yes. Not the belief system, etc. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, we'll have a lot more to say about that. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, 
a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Yeah, so I um, I love when people show up and they'll you know want to engage me as a client or something. Stephen, they'll say, "I need somebody to kick my butt. I need to get creative. Um, I'm such a procrastinator." And a lot of times they're talking about a specific creative project, like finishing a book. Um, you and I are both writers, so we'll just you know everything's a nail since we know how to use a hammer. Uh, but whatever the creative project might be. Um, and they, they say, I'm procrastinating. I feel so stuck. And what I've found is backing away from that thing and saying, let's do an assessment of your whole life. And I have a little assessment that I use. And um, I say, let's pretend you could walk around your life as if it's your house, including your physical living environment, and just get a sense of what's working and, and what's, what's not, what's stuck. And what's funny is a lot of times we'll sit there together with that and they'll say, well, this is going to sound weird. And I'll say, well, you know, I wrote a book about blessed are the weird. So <laughs> you came to the wrong place. If you want to be criticized for that. Tell me what's weird. Well, what's weird is I, I this doesn't sound like finishing a creative project, but I feel like I need to uh, clean my garage. It's been full of junk for 10 years. I'll say, well, that's your intuition. Let's let's follow that. And they'll come back after a couple of weeks and they'll go, oh my God, I had no idea what was in there. I cleaned my whole garage out. And you know what? There were boxes from a divorce that I needed to go through and get let stuff go. And there were pictures of my parent who died and that was emotional for me. And now I just feel so much more opened up mm. and free. And suddenly they begin to notice they have and it's, let's just say creativity is the energy of life. They begin to have the energy of life flowing through them again. And, 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 and uh, later that year, they say, wow, it's so weird. I finished this book and I've been struggling with that for a decade. I just finished it. And it's like, we, it's the, a lot of times the challenge is the focus on, I need to get creative. I need to finish this project. If we can just imagine that our creative lungs often get full of fluid, shall we say, much like pneumonia. And by clearing it up in general, clearing out our life, whatever, wherever we're kind of led to go back and restore, like creativity wants to be like the sap in a tree or the blood in our veins. It wants to restore any parts that are, that are getting, um, that are getting brittle, that are dying. You know, it wants to bring those back to life. Yeah. I, I like what you're saying. Um, I recalling the some of the piece parts of the creative cure your book mm -hmm. uh, and some great exercises in there as well that uh stated that uh even mm -hmm. uh, again in line with the theme of the the what i've titled the program is creativity as a way of life mm -hmm. you know beginning to emerge from the <laughs> from the junk in the garage you know once you've cleaned it out you know and finding there's like it's a refreshment Yes. Uh, feeling of being refreshed. Yes. And in that refreshment, then other things can start to happen. Inspiration, revelation, insights, mm. etc. in terms of, okay, what else can I loosen up? Like you said, uh, oh, wow, I finished my book. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And 
ever since I started the cleaning, I got the garage clean. Yeah. I got motivated. I got in- motivated. You know, I got uh, pushed, not pushed, but pulled. Sure. I mean, yeah, there, the energy was there to do something that before seemed hard or impossible. And, uh, you know, the other, um, the other thing that I think is a huge challenge in our culture, Stephen, and this is, this is socialization, you know, and it, it's not evil. It's just part of the time and place we live in that I find so many people, including me, I, I can easily fall into this, say, oh, you know what? I've wanted to learn the guitar since, you know, I'm a musician. I play the violin, but I've, I've really wanted to learn the guitar since I was a teenager and I just never found time for it. And part of my brain says, well, if I'm not going to turn it into income to pay the bills with, um, it's probably not worth doing. And I, I actually identified that during our recent retreat that you taught with me, um, the Heal Plus Create retreat. Um, I identified that during one of the sessions with some of the other teachers as I I need to go buy a guitar and, and make this a priority because part of my creative inner self is saying we need to come back alive musically. And it does not matter if you ever share any of it on Instagram or it doesn't matter if you ever get paid for it, you're going to feel alive. And so I've committed to doing that. All right, Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you talked about the violin, so I'm glad you got the, uh, yeah. you know, the, the, the call, yeah. <laughs> you know, to get the guitar and play good. Then yeah. we can, uh, when I see you, we can uh, sing and play <laughs> together. You know, that's uh, one of my hobbies that I, you know, you've just urged me on to go get back to playing your guitar. It's been resting there for about three or four weeks, you know, a little bit here and there, but yeah, not like I, I like to do, don't dedicate some time, you know, more time to it. Yeah. Well, and the, probably, probably some of those conversations with you were like uh, physician, take your own medicine. So I mean, no, that's, but that's, that's an example. I think Stephen, in my life, I'm telling the, the truth on myself here in my life. It's so easy for people to look on and go, Oh, you're so creative. But, but without a, without a, constantly staying awake and i love to say staying alive inside of my own life by by stopping and you said the spiritual practice i journal every day and i meditate almost every day and those practices help me for so many reasons but one of them is to pay attention inside of right now and notice the places that aren't feeling completely alive and music mm-hmm. i've always loved it but participating in music for me is is important, and I haven't done that for a long time, so I'm excited about it. That's cool. Singing, dancing, storytelling. I mean, there's yeah. so many ways, but I agree with you. Music is the, uh, yeah, it's a, tr- a cliched saying, but the spice of life. You know, what would we do with it? What would we do without music? You know, and of course, I'm, I'm a, a child of the 60s. I'm not a child anymore. I'm a child of the 60s. So I like a lot of what went on in the 60s. Yeah. I just finished uh, Audible listening to the story of the Beatles, oh. what happened in 1966. Okay. You know, revolutionary period in general, but with the Beatles. And then now I'm on to Tom Petty, a story of Tom oh. Petty, one of my other favorites. Oh my God. I guess Neil Young's probably on the list next, but <laughs> these, I like the, um, I like words a lot. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a wordsmith like you. Mm-hmm. And I really like the way that words are put together. Yeah. As well as the music. Yes. So those are some of my favorites are Dylan, Neil Young, Tom Petty. You know, their their music is evocative also. And the Beatles, of course, and Stones even. Yeah, I mean, yeah. supposed to a few more. Um, but especially like Dylan, who's one of my heroes. Of course, he got the Nobel Prize for it. Mm-hmm. But wow, some of his songs are just 
and he took risks. So did Young. Yeah. So did the Beatles, etc. Yeah. You know, they didn't stick with certainty. You know, it would have been very predictable and certain for the Beatles, for instance, to keep doing pop songs. Yep. But for various reasons, and that period was revolutionary and evolutionary anyway, uh, they were prompted to really explore some different tarot. You know, the story of Eleanor Rigby. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a it's a story. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. telling a story in music, you know, yeah. as an example. So, yeah, there we go again with the un uncertainty, stepping into the uncertainty, the unknown. I don't know how this is going to look or feel or yeah. whatever, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Not assured of a predictable success, um, but it's okay. And, you know, my God, Stephen, we could talk for hours about this. Yeah. I, I love, um, I was listening to a program the other day, Why We Lose the Beginner's Mind. And this, it was a neuropsychologist mm -hmm. talking about what happens and um, there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's simply a process of habituation, how we learn. And then our mind files away the things that we become relatively competent or fluent with. And we no longer feel like we have to learn those. And so we start, as we go through life, we, when you and I showed up and everyone listening, when we showed up here as that spark before we knew our own names, before we knew the, the names for anything or the rules about anything, we were completely wide open. And as we began learning the names for everything, turning it into language is part of what makes us human, but it also begins this process of sort of turning it into, well, um, wow, he, uh, Prometheus Rising, um, that hmm. author, I'm sure you know that, that book, uh, he talks about it as reality tunnels. And I feel hmm. so grateful to in my life have been given these, terrifying but transformative moments of having my reality tunnels shaken up to the point where I had to see life through different eyes, you know, and it mm -hmm. sounds like you've done that as well. Yeah, I can uh, point to four or five significant, <laughs> signi significant turning points. I uh, just out to the desert mm -hmm. recently uh, where uh, my colleague, Marissa and friend uh, facilitated a retreat and it was great. Mm -hmm. And we did a labyrinth walk, which is uh -huh. very interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> Labyrinth walk is an ancient, ancient device, basically a meditation as you slowly walk around these curves and twists yeah. until you get to the center mm. and then you exit, you do whatever you make an offering, you know, put something on the altar that's there and then you uh, unwind, so to speak. Mm. Uh, very, I got this thought every time I made mm. a turn, I made an attempt to recall a mm. turning point in my life. Mm. It was such an interesting, I've never done that before in the labyrinth. And yeah. I've walked a, a few, a couple, probably about a dozen times, if, yeah. if not more. But it was really interesting to see the, uh, the turns in my life. Mm -hmm. And often it was mm -hmm. when I was challenged in some way, or I went through a period of loss, yeah, or having to do a revision about my behavior, you mm -hmm. know, certain uh, tendencies I had that I carried over, uh, a family that uh, my father died of alcoholism uh, related illness. My brother died of an overdose, etc. I had, I went through my cycle with that stuff. Mm -hmm. I had to really watch that, you know, that, that kind of tendency because it, it threw me off. Yeah. You know, and there is not like what you said about uh, the, the loss of the beginner's mind. You get very narrowly focused. Mm -hmm. How'd you put that? You said you get a reality tunnel. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 
uh, shifting gears slightly here, um, Institute for Creative Living is your brainchild. It's been activated. You had a two-week series of presenters, of which I was honored to contribute, mm -hmm. uh, a workshop online. I don't know what to call it, a workshop or a series of presentations. We called it a virtual retreat, but that's just a just Sounds good. name Sounds for good, it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so tell us about that. Hmm. Well, I worked for, uh, had the real benefit of working for um, Randy Davila, who's published some of your books. Um, right. And, and recently, one of your Oracle decks, yeah? Yep, yep. Yeah, so I had the, I had the, been, that's how I met you, I think, to begin with. Um, yes. Well, I met you years before that through some of your animal cards, Stephen. I just didn't know I'd ever get to meet the actual guy. Uh, <laughs> but I had the, I had the benefit of working for, for him for almost eight years and meeting people like you and Dr. Joe Dispenza and the Ruizes, you know, um, and, um, he published my most recent book and I knew it was going to be time for me to launch back out. And I hadn't been an entrepreneur since 2008. Um, and so I, last year, um, I gave him about a six month notice, but I said, you know, I know it's time for me to go out and create um, create an enterprise again. And, um, it was interesting dust off those rusty entrepreneurial skills that I've, I've had in there all the time, but it wasn't time yet. And so I really started feeling called last year to, to move out, um, again. And I invited my brother, Nate and, um, my friend Todd Lehman came up from California, not far from where you are. And we went up to McCall, which is incidentally the same place, uh, the same place I had that big shamanic thing years before hmm. last, last, uh, not last fall, the fall before. Yeah. And we, I said, you know, they were planning on helping me probably just organize more around my author work and speaking and things just kind of get better organized and prepared. Um, so we weren't sure really what was going to come of that. But, um, when we got up to the Airbnb, I said, Hey, before we have this first like meeting brainstorm, why don't we just meditate? And so we each went to our bedrooms and about 20 minutes later, we came back out and I said, okay, guys, I don't know what to say about this, but the hit I'm getting is this is more than certainly more than just me. It's meant to include a lot of us. Um, and it's called the Institute for creative living. And they looked at each other and there was this instant. Yes. <laughs> and, and so that's where it was born. Mm -hmm. um, at the time. And then my brother, Nate, who had been a business partner before has been so instrumental in helping me put the technology together, put the framework for it together. And so currently it's an online, um, community and we we produce events every month and we'll be doing some physical in-person events. Now, thank God we get to get back together in person now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm so excited about that. Eventually it will have its own physical property, where we can have people come and experience, you know, teachings and inner work, but also working with the land, working with their hands, making music together. So that's the, that's the five or 10 year vision. But right now yes. it's, uh, it exists, it exists uh, online at the moment. Uh, I can see the vision too. I can see it and I'm sure it's going to happen. Um, first off, I want to thank you. You know, and I, I want to have you back at some point and we'll do some further conversation. I'd love that. However, I want uh, everybody who's listening to know how they can get in touch with you, the website for the Institute, any yeah. information that you want to convey. 
Mm. as how they can follow up, you know, uh, out of their curiosity and interest in what you're doing, which is, I think, a wonderful gift to the world. Mm. Thank you. Well, you know, they can find me at jacobnordby.com. That's great. Um, I have a downloadable gift there, but also at the Institute for Creative Living.org, Institute for Creative Living.org. Um, and we actually have this uh, really, um, it's turned into something that's, that's starting to really connect with people, Stephen. It's called the Creative Multimedia Program, and it's a short ebook and audio about um, using a different journaling process that I use every day. And it also in, involves a um, guided meditation that's involved there. So they can get that for free on the site. Oh, wow. Cool. I didn't know that. And yeah. I got to go look at the site and catch up here with all the changes that are going on. <laughs> anyway, Jacob, I want to thank you profusely you know, for uh, appearing on the podcast. And I know this is going to really serve a lot of people who listen to this. And it sounds like, you know, uh, I've only done one or published one, I should say. And I'm preparing some others, including ours. And uh, it looks like there's a lot of interest. I've already heard mm. from a couple. I, at least, I know at least two people that listened to the first one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And there is an uncertainty, you know, but it's okay. You know, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, where is it going to go? We'll see. Well, you're you're such a raconteur, um, which for non-wordsmiths is, means awesome storyteller. Uh, you're such oh, a raconteur. No, <laughs> you just, you seem like such an old hand at this already, Stephen. I have no doubt. And, I, you know, if I could just leave all of us with one thing, and that is, Creativity is the process of creating something new, original, and rare, valuable, mm. valuable, original, and rare. And if you can see creativity not as something outside of yourself, but the actual energy of life that brought you here, then you can know that your entire life is meant to be the creative process. And the most creative project you can ever embark upon is becoming who you really are becoming yourself. You are your most valuable creative project. Well said. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you for your wisdom and thank you for your uh, following your lead, <laughs> you know, where you were called to do. So mm. appreciate it. I appreciate your brother. Love you. And I look forward to further conversations with you. Thanks for joining me, and I hope you join me for future episodes where I'll share some powerful healing practices and meditations, introduce you to some amazing guests and friends of mine who will stop by for some conversation, and on occasion I'll pull some oracle cards from one of my decks and do readings. I'll also share some of my original music that I'm sure you'll enjoy. If you like what I'm doing, please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app or go to my show page on mindbodyspirit.fm where you can also get the free mobile app to listen to any of my shows or find some new favorites. If you'd like to contact me with questions, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram or send an email to info at drstephenfarmer.com. You can also find lots of material on that website, drstephenfarmer.com, so please feel free to explore. Please also know that by sending a question, you're giving me permission to possibly use it in a future podcast so others may benefit from it. And to close, I'd leave you with the four most important words to take with you.
gratitude, love, compassion, and forgiveness. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.